Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of Saddest Night Out. My name is Roy, and I am the host of this daily podcast, and it's primarily about music and creative culture in London. And I've got two live shows coming up in the very near future. The first is Tuesday, the 17th of September, and that's at Road Trip and the Workshop on Old Street. The second is on Sunday, the 22nd of September, and that's at Paper Dress Vintage in Hackney. Both events are free entry, and if you go to facebook.com forward slash saddest night out, you can find more details there. Both lineups for these shows are made up of people who have been on this podcast. And our guest on today's episode is one of those performers. His name is Chris Gabriel. He is part of the lineup for my show on Tuesday 17th. And this episode is a real deep dive into his history with music and his potential future as well. We had a rehearsal Sunday just gone. And afterwards, Chris and I took a little walk and then we caught up because he's been on this podcast once before, but it was very brief and we didn't really get to find out much about him. And on today's episode, we finally rectify that. So this is me talking to Chris Gabriel by the Thames in Battersea. It was a really picturesque scene, actually. I hope you enjoy this chat and I'll catch up with you more afterwards. You join us on a very calm and serene Sunday afternoon. We're by the Thames, by Battersea Bridge, and I'm here with an artist who will be joining me at my next live show, and whose band I just joined. Will you kindly introduce yourself to the listeners? Hi guys, my name is Chris Gabriel, and yeah, I'm here. <laughs> so we just had a rehearsal with your keyboardist and your drummer. How long have you been playing with those two? Playing with these guys about two years actually. Yeah, yeah, probably about two years. Who did you meet first? I met the drummer first. His name's Darren, and uh, we just met at Open Mic in South London. And yeah, literally from there, we we just really liked what each other was doing. He liked my sound, and he was like, "Put me on board. I want a drum. I want a drum with you." let's go and find find what we need to find but at the moment like let's just start this the way that it is so that was about two years ago when you met him were you already thinking about playing with a live band at that stage yeah i was thinking a lot about a band i wanted to i wanted to get a whole band together but i didn't know how to do it um i think i went on facebook groups um i went around but yeah i had no idea how to do it but like it's in that way it just came to me when I met yeah. Darren yeah like it, sometimes it can be a bit spiritual and it seems as though when you put it out there in an almost more intangible way the thing that you seek can rise to meet you so you tried literally trying to find other musicians to play with you yeah but in some like ethereal way the vibe was out there that you were looking for musicians and thus musicians came to you and wanted to join you. So Darren, the drummer, joined you first. When did you meet Sarah Lane, the keyboard player? I met Sarah Lane um, at an open mic as well. And that was about... It was, it was not long afterwards. It was probably about the... What, the May? Yeah, the May. It was about the May. And then we did the open mic. So actually, we've probably been playing... Is it two years? Either two... I think it is two years, yeah. So I think in like May 2017. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. About, that's about two years. So this is the most recent iteration of the Chris Gabriel show. 
yeah. it's you with live musicians. But let's take it back. I am led to believe you were making music before you came to London. So when did you start making music? When were you Chris Gabriel, the artist? Um, when I actually became Chris Gabriel, it's weird because I actually became the artist Chris Gabriel in um, London. But I was making I was making music from years ago. Um, probably I started rapping a good like 15 years ago. But then um, I stopped rapping for a long time. I stopped rapping for eight years and I just did poetry and spoken word. So before I came to London, I'm, I'm from Birmingham. So when I was in Birmingham, I was doing a lot of poetry, a lot of spoken word. Um, I never really did live rap or anything like that. But I always had that desire to come back to doing rap, but I didn't know quite how to do it. You started with rap and you started rapping in Birmingham. Are you like born and bred in Birmingham? Um, yeah, I was born and bred in Birmingham. I started rapping in Birmingham and that was after I went to New York. I went to New York for a summer and when I went there, it was just amazing to me because I wasn't really into rap music. I was kind of into like, um, I was i was quite young so i was just into what was on the tv what was in the charts you know um a lot of pop music at the time um yeah Is this like around 2000 before then yeah 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 around um 2000 2001 yeah yeah i was into so much pop music i just yeah i just really liked that and i i didn't know anything much about rap music but then when i went to new york they placed play things on the streets they play um like big hip-hop beats jay-z was out then and he was very popular and um he was i was in brooklyn so like they loved jay-z and they loved um people like foxy brown she was a another a rapper that was quite prominent at that time um were you was it just like a, a holiday in new york with your family yeah it was a holiday um but yeah, I, I just loved it. I just really enjoyed it. And then when I came back, I found myself wanting to get some of these artists and get their music and put it together on like playlists. Like at the time, you had to put it on CDs. So yep. I, I wanted to burn all of these artists on CDs that I liked um, from America, Brooklyn, you know, Atlanta, everywhere that I just really like to put it together and then as I'd be listening to these artists and I'd be typing their lyrics out to make sure that I could know what they were saying I found myself wanting to write raps myself so that's where I started I just started after that probably about three months after I came back I was rapping wow so yeah you ca- I can't think of a better way to be introduced to rap and hip-hop than going to New York and like going to argu- arguably the birthplace of it mm. and seeing it firsthand so you come back home to Birmingham you have an intense passion for it yeah. and it just feels natural to start doing it yourself were other people you knew doing it were, were you familiar with any kind of rap or hip-hop scene in Birmingham or were you just like I want to do this and then let me go out there and see where I can do it yeah, no, I, did, I didn't know anybody really doing it, to be honest, in Birmingham. Um, I just was kind of into it. I knew a few people that liked rap, but not that wrote rap. But I was like, yeah, let me, let me do this because I'm into it and I like the way that it sounds. And so I would write raps 
based on my favorite artists at that time what they were saying mm-hmm. so i wouldn't write from my experience at all i would just write from ex- exactly what they were saying i write about partying every night i'd write about all the girls i was getting which was weird because i wasn't partying every night and i, did, I wasn't really getting any girls at that time either but i was just like uh, in this imaginary world where i was them and yeah. i was writing something from their experience it sounds like it was it had a really intoxicating effect on you because when you take something like that really to heart you embody it so you're rapping as if you are i don't know eminem or jay-z like you're either you're them or you're in that crew so the things that they're doing you imagine that's your life and so you rap from that perspective so that's understandable for anyone who's taking a new start in something artistic first you sound like you're imitating the people you like Mm. did you feel a progression towards rapping as you rather than rapping as you imitating someone else i think when i first started to um when i first started rapping um and listening to some of UK artists and various people that would um, talk about their experience like I remember listening to this guy that said why are all these rappers rapping American 4 when they ain't an American born and it really hit me I still don't know to this day who that artist was that rapped that but they were talking to you you were like oh man he's got me yeah (laughs) he's right why am I it spoke to me and I was like yeah I put on that accent when I rap and I I um, talk about what they're talking about why why don't i talk from my experience so then that's when that's probably one of the first times when i actually started to write raps from my own experience and think about what is my story what do i have to bring to the table so before you have that almost like renaissance where you go back to the the drawing board and start again Mm. and readdress your perspective you are already writing because you really like the genre and you're writing as if you're your heroes are you performing as well like are you showing your raps to anyone rapping for anyone or anything like that the weirdest thing is i think the first performance that i can remember is because i went to jamaica for two years um and about 2004 to about 2006 and i never performed before that but then when I went to Jamaica, I went to a school and they had a showcase there. So I, I performed at that showcase, some of my raps. And it didn't go down the greatest. People were like, oh, that's cool. But in Jamaica, they, they weren't really into like rap music in the schools. They listened to it, but they weren't really into it. It was more like the dance hall and, you know, the, um, the DJing, the way that Jamaicans did Jamaicans put something across kind of singing rapping but in the patois Mm. and I couldn't do that I could only rap you know just straight rap so they were like really into the people that brought that kind of Jamaican vibe but they they kind of tolerated me and allowed me to (laughs) do what I was doing um but but it was a good it was a good performance I think it was good like my friends thought it was all right (laughs) but yeah I mean, it's understandable if you weren't quite there yet, considering how new you literally were starting while yeah. you were there. And it sounds as though for someone else, that might have been enough to say, right, I'm not doing that again. I didn't really go down well. Maybe it's not for me. But clearly for you, that lit a spark and you found this is what you wanted to do. Did that help you to double down on your belief that this is what you should be doing? I mean, at the time, because they didn't like it so much i just kept doing it and 
they'd be like giving me like oh okay yeah it's, it's all right um i say that my friends liked it because like now looking back and talking to our friends we can talk about it and, yeah. but at that time nobody let me know oh, that was really cool um, so I, I kind of didn't I just did it because I liked it at that time I didn't really think about I didn't really think about are people interested in this I just kept pursuing it because it was something I just liked to do I liked to rap yeah. so after Jamaica for two years so around 2006 you come back to Birmingham mm. and is that when you have that realization that you should tell your story and your perspective um when i came back to birmingham and yeah i was i was already because i i did a through trip so i went back to birmingham through america so i went back to brooklyn for three months and when i was out in brooklyn i was rapping a lot i actually made a, a full um a full album in a way like i made a 17 track album whoa and that was just um it was just getting tracks out there one by one and i was talking about my experience and talking about life and various things because i was thinking at that time i started to um like think about life think about life and death and like the afterlife and faith and all of these things and the way that because I used to be involved in some gangs in Birmingham so I used to think about the way that some of my people that were still involved in the gangs um, how things were for them how how life was kind of transient and, and all of these things came out in that first CD that I made I, uh, weirdly enough I don't have a copy of that anymore oh no but, <laughs> but um, yeah that's when I first started to write about what I liked when I came back to Birmingham afterwards and I started to talk about who I was and I, I did a few performances but then at that time I, I kind of my focus has changed I wasn't really so into music um, I was more into kind of like addressing my life because my I felt like there was a lot of areas in my life that needed addressing I was kind of thinking about my faith and various things like that so I kind of stopped I stopped rapping not long after I got back to England I just I didn't have any interest in it I wasn't listening to rap music so much I didn't I didn't feel to rap so I stopped I write more I started to write more poetry but yeah I wasn't really into writing on beats but you still had a message you wanted to broadcast so you were still writing was still useful to you and performing what you'd written was useful but rap and all that came with it that you lost interest in all of that yeah yeah so i'd still write but i would write things off of beats and i just write i'd write poetry but i didn't know i was writing poetry at that time i thought i was just writing raps a cappella, and i wasn't it was only in when one person came up to me one time i did a performance of an acapella rap and they were like oh my gosh that spoke that that spoken word that you did was really good i was like what is this spoken word i don't know what spoken word is but okay thanks for liking it you know was that back in birmingham then no that's that was um that was when i that's fast forward when i actually went to university and i went to london and that's that's when somebody started saying what these things that i was writing was spoken word okay so you went through quite a lot before you came to london then so there was brooklyn there was back to birmingham there was jamaica there was brooklyn again 
back to Birmingham and London. That's when. So you're arriving in London, <coughs> writing and performing, but not really calling it rap. Yeah. And then someone else makes you aware that oh, it's it's spoken word, it's poetry. Yeah. yeah. So, but eventually you find your way back to rap. So how does that happen? Um. <clears throat> well, after that point, um, when that person said that it was spoken word, like for for good eight years I was doing that just into the spoken word scene um, and then um, I don't know what happened I've, oh yeah yeah I do know what happened mm-hmm. I had um, I had a dream like this was like probably about six years in I had a dream where I was in the studio and I was making tracks I was making a track with Rick Ross and then um, we were sitting there and Rick Ross was just happy and like it's like there was this light on his head and he was just really taking it in and and then I woke up and I was like oh my gosh like um, in my dream I did a track with Rick Ross that's so strange because I think at that time I wasn't into Rick Ross I wasn't into um, I wasn't into any of that kind of music talking about um, talking about Riches you know, and living a good or, life rich, and all that. Yeah, yeah, anything to do with like, um, yeah, trapping or anything like that. I wasn't into that, so I was like, me do a track with Rick Ross. When I woke up from that dream, I was like, nah, that is something that I w- wouldn't want to do. Like, yeah. I'm not really interested in that kind of rap. But then um, I think after that, my mind started thinking about rap a little bit more. And then as I would do poetry, I would. I would start trying to rap on beats again and yeah it just started there I saw some nights um, that were advertised for rap slash spoken word so I said let me go to these nights I saw some nights where there was hip-hop ciphers I said let me go to these nights and I just was so impressed by the culture again of Mm -hmm. people rapping I was like no this is inspiring me I want to rap again and Gradually, I started writing raps again and getting back into the scene. So how much time was there between that revelation mm. and then meeting Darren and starting to form a live band? Um, that was probably about a year. A year? Was it about a year? Yeah, about a year or half. Between six months and a year. Yeah. So in that time, you're back to writing and you're calling it rap. You're back in that world. Yeah. And you found a community to perform in as well. Yeah. What about recording? Um, for recording, um, I actually recorded a rap um, during my during my eight my eight years hiatus. I recorded one at the studio with my friend because mm-hmm. he was a rapper and he continued to rap even through that period um, and when I came to London because I knew him from um, I knew him from the time I was in university because um, we talked at that time and after I got to after after I came back down to London because I went back to Birmingham after I finished university and then I came back down and then when I came back down he was going to the studio he took me to and that's when I started recording again uh, well I recorded one track then because he was like yeah do something do something and I had this track from like literally from 
the time before I'd started the hiatus about Birmingham, I said, let me finally actually put lyrics on this track because um, like it, I need to do that. So I did that track. Um, and then I went through the rest of my years, probably about two, three more years without rapping. And then, but when I started rapping again, I knew exactly what studio to go to because of that, um, that encounter with my friend at that studio so I just yeah. you know asked him for the details again I went down there and started trying things out is that where you can experiment finished tracks because do you produce your own songs how do you go about getting the instrumentals together well the first like this was around 2016 the first track that I I rapped on um, apart from that that one that I mentioned yeah. before um, was something produced by a friend for another friend and I kind of stole the beat <laughs> from that other friend because I was like yo I just really like this beat let me rap on it please le- let me please let me take that and rap on it because they just used it for one show and then they never used it again oh, okay. um, it's like the beat was made specifically for their set for a show because um, I had a friend who played the sax and he played the sax into this beat and he made it so they could do their performance and then but they were a poet so they weren't really they didn't really use the beat after that I said let me take the beat and let me make a track and then I made a track called Sightless from that track and um, yeah that's how that's how I started rapping on these beats and then I got to know poets and various people that made beats so then that started me um, rapping on beats again. Like I just used the beats from friends or or beats from that were popular or yeah, popular at the time or beats from old people that I knew from that the scene. Like in the years previous that were still making beats, I'd be like, oh, can I rap on your beat? Can I do this? And that's how. It, so you cast the net wide among everyone that you know yeah. and just try and get as many beats as you can and then pick the ones you like best. So there was the album in America, in Brooklyn, the 17 track, yeah, yeah. which hopefully exists somewhere on the internet maybe. Maybe if anyone's listening to this and knows how to get hold of that album, bring it back <laughs> to us. Let's let Chris get it out there again. <laughs> then there was the one track during the hiatus, that slight break from the break. Yeah. And then you come to London, you come back into rapping. Yeah. So what's been the what have you got recorded since then? What have you been putting out there? Since then I did um I did an EP not long not long after I started to get back into the scene. I did um I did one. I think it took me six, seven months to make. And that was half my own beats and half beats of people that I was just really interested in. When I say my own beats I mean like beats that were made for me Um, and yeah the first EP it was a half and half so it was a mixtape kind of because it was a plethora of different different um, raps rap beats original and non-original and yeah but I was just talking about the things that I knew my life at that time and yeah the story so far essentially yeah. and I'm guessing that was a, a SoundCloud thing um, um, it was partly SoundCloud partly SoundCloud what else did I put it on I mean <laughs> I put it on this this website called that piff 
okay. yeah so it was like a, on a mixtape website and yeah that that was pretty good in terms of exposure so that was the first ep have there been any more since yeah i've i've put out an ep this year I put a hot, I put out two EPs this year. Okay. So get you. I've been working yeah. I've been working quite hard this year. So I put out a four track EP in April and then I put out a four track EP in June. June July in July. Um, and they together made the Discourse EP. But one was called Discourse, one was called Discourse Reloaded. And yeah, I just I just experimented with different types of beats in this new EP because the first EP that I did was all old school kind of rap style um, but this EP is heavily trap focused um, because I just really liked trap beats and rapping a bit faster yeah. so that's what got me into um, saying okay I want to I wanna do a whole EP that is just more fast rap um, more cool more suave more debonair that, more soulful and that's what got me doing the EP that I did last. So I have two EPs that I put out basically. I have kind of a half EP that I put out, but yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't like official official like the other two. So that kind of brings us up to <coughs> present day. You released two EPs. You've got a band together featuring yours truly on bass guitar. I'm not too shabby if I do say so myself. And I understand there's a trip to the U.S. Another trip <coughs> to the U.S. Pretty much imminent. When are you heading out there, and what are you hoping to do while you're out there? Um. Well, I'm heading out there in. Um, when am I heading out there? Um, in a month, actually. <laughs> About five weeks, and. Um, I'm planning literally to just immerse myself in the scene. I'm out in LA. Um, I just want to really understand the culture, root myself there, and and get the the life of the people that just are on the ground, you know. Because what people hear about LA, what we all know about LA is the flashing lights, the the glitz, the glam. But not so many people Even though we do to an extent We know about like the gangster lifestyle And um, the hoods and various things And certain things about the normal life um, But I feel like there's so much more Like because I've been to LA a few times And I saw so much more in the story Than just gangsters and um, flashing lights Like there's there's stories of just people doing their day-to-day stories of um just the chill badness and i wanted to learn about some of these stories tell some of these stories and um just really engross myself in the culture so where can (coughs) those of us who aren't going to la as well where can we follow along the journey where can people find you online well i have a website it's chris gabriel chris gabriel selections.com so Gabriel like the angel and um, selections you know so chrisgabrielselections.com I got Instagram chrisgabrielmusic and most other things are chrisgabrielmusic like my Facebook is chrisgabrielmusic my um, SoundCloud is chrisgabrielmusic so yeah you can follow the journey and um, yeah get you get you a little taste of um LA as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can all try and feel like 
we're in LA with you yes. <laughs> via the Instagram. Chris, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for agreeing to play my show on Tuesday, the 17th of September, Road Trip and the Workshop. And I hope you have a great trip to LA as well. And I look forward to when you return so we can see what's happened next in the story of Chris Gabriel. Yes. Thank you very much, man. No worries, no worries. <laughs> And that was that. Thank you very much, Chris, for your time. It was great to finally really catch up with you and find out quite a lot about you that I didn't already know, like how many times you've been to America, that you have a full, essentially a full album recorded that is just somewhere out there in the ether. And hopefully someday it might resurface so we can all find out what you were getting up to way, way back in the day. Again, another artist who took a bit of a hiatus from creating the art they were initially creating and then eventually found their way back to it. It's interesting. I, Yeah, I think it's easy to take for granted that rap music is essentially poetry. So if you take the instrumental, if you take the beat away, you do have spoken word. And it's interesting that Chris was essentially surprised by that term by someone else describing his work to him. But he really is a very soulful and intuitive performer. He was feeling a little under the weather when we recorded this conversation. In fact, I was particularly tired as well. So everything might sound that much more laid back, but what we were talking about was no less interesting. In fact, funnily enough, he told me he wasn't feeling well, but he came to my open mic on Friday, the Friday before this episode was recorded. And then he did a freestyle where the only backing track was me drumming on the cajon. And I couldn't help but think, for someone who's not feeling too well, whose voice is a little bit weak, it's interesting that you chose to perform in such a way where your voice really takes centre stage. But hopefully, not hopefully, I am sure by the time his show rolls around, he will be feeling in tip-top shape, as will I be when I take up the bass guitar as part of his backing band. And I will, of course, put links to where you can find out more about him in the notes for this episode. As for me, I have had a few rehearsals with my backing band, and I am very excited about these shows. Once again, Tuesday, 17th of September at Road Trip and The Workshop. That's a show that I'm putting on. And the other artists include Lou and, as you've heard, Chris Gabriel. And then Sunday, 22nd of September, that's a show in support of its own animal who's releasing a new album called Ammonite. And that show will have a lineup including myself as loads of Japanese bands, Juliet and Nanette, and Delilah Black. Go to facebook.com forward slash out. For more details about both of those events. In the meantime, thank you both. Thank you both. Thank you all. Or maybe it's both. Maybe there's only two of you listening. Thank you both, you two listeners, for listening. Thank you again, Chris Gabriel, for your time. And I will catch you all on the next episode. Take care.